Thank you for tuning in to the Free Your Energy podcast. Our mission is to explore conversation, stories, ideas, and information that can help us tap into our highest vibration. Energy is our thoughts, our actions, our way of life. Let's get to this episode of the Free Your Energy podcast. Not all plants are created equally. We've heard fruits and vegetables contain vitamins and minerals we need for a healthy life. But have you heard of adaptogens? These are herbs and mushrooms that literally help you adapt to the stress in your life. They balance hormones, promote a state of calmness, and help you get back to homeostasis faster than usual. Organifi specializes in creating delicious superfood blends powered by these adaptogens. Simply add a scoop to a glass of water to enjoy more balanced energy throughout your day. As a listener of this podcast, you get 20% off any order from Organifi. Go to Organifi.com slash Sly, S-L-Y, to start freeing your energy with Organifi. Again, that's Organifi.com slash Sly, S-L-Y, to get 20% off every order. I really love how you said that through the experiences with your name, it helped you find your voice. And as a writer, mm-hmm. that's something that a lot of people uh, struggle with, whether it's the voice of a particular project that they're working on or just their overall voice. And you, let me give you your flowers now, are one of the most <laughs> prolific writers of our generation. And so I'm curious to your origin as far as how you became a f- about about finding your voice and, and recognizing like creatively, I am a writer. Like, how did that start for you from, from an origin story perspective? Man, I, I just want to pause and appreciate you saying that I'm one of the most prolific writers of our generation. Uh, <laughs> that, that caught me off guard. So I appreciate you for the flowers and I'll receive those in full. Um, as for me finding my voice, man. So I grew up in a black military family. Right. Which is it's it's a black experience, but it's also coupled with, you know, the military and the emphasis on structure and authority and all sorts of things that did not make me quite feel comfortable expressing myself, especially comfortable emotions. And so I wouldn't say I found my voice. And so ironically, I literally got thrown out of the military. I went to a military academy, um, and in my senior year, I ended up having a series of disciplinary issues um, that would only be issues in the military, right? I end up getting thrown out, and, you know, I, I go back home, and it's like all eyes on me, you know, people trying to to label me a certain way, people trying to, you know, almost infer that, me hitting rock bottom in this way, me failing in this big way on this big stage was the end of a, of a trajectory for me, you know? And in that moment, um, you know, I didn't care about structure or authority. I was like, nah, I'm a, I'm a speak my piece because the, the structure, 
you know, and the, the holding back, like it didn't serve me. It was a big part of why I ended up getting in trouble. Um, I didn't feel like I had anybody who I could speak to in full, who I could express myself fully with. And, you know, after realizing that, you know, holding back and not expressing myself didn't do much for me. I was like, you know what? I'm going to say what I want to say. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to get these thoughts out. Um, and that, that level of comfort, um, I would say became even more part of who I am in 2016 when I stepped out from the job that I'd had for like a year and some change. And I moved on to being a full-time entrepreneur at the time, a content strategist and social media coach. And I mean, you know this, we know this, when you are out there and your personal brand, your platform is what makes your money. Ain't no time to not have no voice, ain't no time to, to censor yourself or anything like that. And so again, um, that was my second prompt. Like, you know, these, these fears you have, this discomfort with expressing yourself in full is not as important. Uh, it doesn't hold as much weight as the need to make sure you're good to go to, you know, to bring in business, to be heard, to express yourself and to find folks who feel what you have to say. Amazing storyteller, which I, I expected that from you just from reading your <laughs> writings you. online. But if we go back to, um, you know, when you're you're getting kicked out of the school and that transition, you know, before you said, OK, I'm going to use my voice. I'm going to find like when you were sitting in that space of being rejected, being kicked out, dealing with the emotions that come with that, the shame, mm -hmm. even the fear, even the anxiety of not knowing what's next, like. What was that moment in your life like? You know, did you let people into your life? Did you have a strong support system? How did you transition through that rock bottom? Man, um, well, first of all, I had the biggest chip in the world on both of my shoulders. Um, I, I was very upset, um, bitter, frustrated, like all the things. And, um, you know, there were... A lot of people who I thought would support me during this moment who actually did the opposite, right? Neither I haven't heard from them again, or, you know, they pulled back up when things looked great. They could see that I was doing okay. They're like, oh, hey, good to catch up, you know, five years later. Um, and so that moment of transition for me, I was, I was angry, but I also breathed like this big sigh of relief. I will actually, I'll never forget the day that I left because um, I woke up excited. You know, I had been in trouble and on punishment at this military institution for about half a year. Um, been called all types of names, you know, been labeled like, not that I've made a mistake, but like, no, you're just actually a bad person. Um, and so, it, it, you know, when I, got on the highway, I headed south back from um, New York to Virginia, I was like, man, I can, I can find myself again. I get a chance to, to figure out what I want from life again. It was the, a blank slate that I was excited for. And um, as I got back into you know the flow, I was at home with my parents for a bit. I ended up going to UVA for a summer and then finishing school at VCU. Um, I... You know, I, I managed, you know, the, the guilt and the frustration and like the sadness, you know, um, but I, I, I had good people around me from back home, you know, my peers, and I explored my creativity. I found my first 
uh, creative project, my first entrepreneurial venture. You know, I launched a music discovery platform, uh, a music blog. And, you know, I poured, that was my first writing project. So, you know, I was writing three or four times a day. Um, I had dreams about where I wanted to take that platform and how it was going to get me rich, which unsurprisingly did not happen for a blog spot. Um, it didn't, it didn't pan out to what I wanted it to be, but it gave me a direction to move in that wasn't just checking the box and graduating and getting a job, which I also did. But I think having, having, something to excite my imagination was really, really key during those first couple of years. I'm so glad that you gave us a visualization of the entire picture because, you know, here on the Free Your Energy podcast, what our mission is to try to free ourselves and our story and whatever that Mm -hmm. means, you know. Um, For some people, that means getting a new job. For some people, that means picking up a a hobbit, excuse me, (laughs) Uh, hobby that they used to do. I tried to say hobby and habit, and I came up with hobby. Yeah. <laughs> I, I love know, the so, crossover energy. <laughs> yeah, the crossover there with the hobby. What's your new hobby? What's your hobby? Oh, you don't know what that is? That's a habit and a hobby. <laughs> uh, right. You know, reconnecting with things that they used to do like in their childhood, like painting or singing or drawing, you know. Mm-hmm. And so I love how you, you're preaching and you're fighting for the creative you know, because a lot mm-hmm. of us who grew up in the 80s and 90s, we were given this trajectory that, yes, you have to go to college and you have to get this very specific job. And that boxes so many people in because mm-hmm. there's so many people who are just like, hey, I'm just a creative person. And what what brings me or brings the best of me out is when I'm doing creative things, you know, and I love that you mm-hmm. fight for the creatives. Um, for the person who is out of touch with the creative inside of them. But then, mm-hmm. you know, because they have a job, maybe they have kids now, uh, you know, responsibilities and things of that nature. What's your invitation for them to reconnect with that creative side of them? Man, that's a great question. And, you know, I, for me personally, when I got back in touch with myself as a writer, I felt more free. I felt more confident. Um, I just felt like more of myself. Um, and I think I would invite anybody who is not currently engaging in a creative practice, who hasn't been able to make time for a creative practice. Um, I I would encourage them to think about what captures their imagination. Um, because, you know, like I'm, I'm a, I'm a new father, right? My daughter is six months old, love her to death. I had this conversation with my wife maybe three or four months ago. She was like, you know, I, I love the responsible part of you. I love, you know, how you show up for our daughter and for me. But man, I feel like you've been a machine for a few, like a few weeks now. Like, you know, I don't see you experience joy as deeply. I, I don't see you, you know, quite opening up or imagining what you want. It's more so like you just have to make it, you know, you have to figure out this day. You have to show up and do these things. And by the time you do that, you're too tired for anything else. And, you know, that that got me to thinking. And um, that brings me to my invitation, which my invitation to myself first is that I, I don't think that it is serving any of us to live a life where we don't have at least something that makes us like a little bit excited every day. You know, um, for many of us, that's probably creativity. And, you know, I think it is very easy to put off 
taking care of yourself to include having a creative practice. You can put that off, you know, until a year from now, which turns into five years from now. Then you get married and have a kid. Then the kids grow up. You got to go to activities, you know, and it's just like you get to a certain point. You're like, man, where did the time go? Um, and, and who am I right now? And so I, I would encourage everybody to set aside time for a practice of some sort that they are excited to take part in. It could be five minutes a day. It could be three times a week, but just something to get you that spark back. And I would bet you that when you start to do that, you'll start to see like your entire life in a different way. And, uh, you know, maybe even get back in touch with what you think your purpose is, you know, feel a bit more free to explore what your purpose looks like, you know, when you you have this day job, these responsibilities. Um, I think it all starts with, you know, whatever whatever thing that you love to do growing up. For me, I was literally writing what I thought was a book on like MS, MS-DOS computers with a little blue screen. I would literally copy stuff from websites and just put it in a document and like add some words like, yo, I wrote a book. You know what I'm saying? Like that was my interest from a very early age. And, you know, like whatever your interest is from a young age, like tap back into that. Give yourself a little bit of time every day to to really engage with that. I love how you gave me the visual of just like copying and pasting things into uh-huh. into the document because it makes me think about my very first journal. And I at the mm-hmm. time, I would take quotes from rap songs and I would mm-hmm. write the rap song, the quote, and then I would write how I felt about that quote. And like mm-hmm. for me, this is like my very first website was in my journal, you know, as a, as mm-hmm. a young kid. And so, <clears throat> yeah, I love that. Before we go to fatherhood, definitely a big topic I want to talk to you about. You mentioned two things. Um, you mentioned purpose. We'll come back to that. But I want you to talk about structure and mm-hmm. how you're structuring your day as a creative person. You know, some people need complete a complete fluid schedule where they can just sit and play and be random. Uh, mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe you know, go for a walk. Some people need a structure like Stephen King and his book on writing. He says every single day at 9 a.m., he's at his table, he's at his desk, and he starts writing. Mm-hmm. So for you, what works best for you as far as being a creative entrepreneur? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I don't really have a consistent schedule right now. Not for lack of interest in having one, but because, you know, I, I write at night, um, I'm up first thing in the morning, changing diapers, you know, taking care of home. And so, you know, a lot of days I just be tired, man. You know, I, I want to get up at 7.30 and, you know, meditate and, you know, plan my day and think about all the things that I want to accomplish and, you know, stretch and all that stuff. Um, <laughs> the past month, especially, I really haven't held up. I haven't really been consistent with that. Um, I just be, I be tired. Um, and sometimes I, I get up and I try to be so stuck on this schedule that I end up grumpy and not showing up for my wife or not being as responsive with Ada, my daughter. And so right now I have the Streaks app um, and the Streaks app, it just literally, it tracks how consistent you are. It could be every day, every other day, you know, whatever it might be, um, how consistent you are with doing certain things every day. Um, and so, I, you know, I'm like 80%. I'm not 100%, but I'm 80% with meditation, gratitude journaling, 
um, logging my goals for the day in my entrepreneur group and, um, you know, stretching and I do some maintenance stuff. I had, um, some, some back pain and health issues. So I do my maintenance stuff for that. And, you know, my logic is if I can do it, you know, most days that's better than letting ego get in the way. Cause I was a, I was an ego consistent person for a while where I'm like, Oh yeah, you know, I meditated for a hundred days and I sat in the cave and drank aloe vera water. And, you know, like it became this like point of pride for me. And then I missed a day and all of a sudden I missed a week and I had to like sit down and like think about the fact that my ego was getting in the way of me just doing the thing. Uh, Like the streaks are good, but like missing a streak shouldn't discourage you from the habit. Like you do it because it's good for you not to be able to tweet about how long, you know, you've been reading a book for the past year or whatever else, you know? So that has been a huge thing for me. And I'm like coming to that over the past month. I love how much grace you're giving yourself there, where it seems like you you have high expectations of yourself, you know, because mm-hmm. you want to push yourself, it sounds like. But it mm-hmm. sounds like you're doing it from a healthy format where you're like, oh, I got 80%. Like, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. Was there yeah, a time, especially from the military background family, where it was like, it needs to be 100%. And if not, you're the worst person on the... And so, okay, so your, mm-hmm. your, your story has taken you away from that. That yes, my dad, my dad was in the army, so mm-hmm. I get what you're saying, you know. So mm-hmm. I know, like, I remember this man waking me up on Saturdays when I was a kid at five a.m. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm like, I'm like, why are we up right now? <laughs> well, and I, I just I could hear his voice right now. He'd be like, "Well, you ain't gonna do nothing but go outside and play and watch cartoons. So you got to get up and work." Like that, <laughs> it's Saturday. Like I go to school and I play sports. Why? Why am I doing this? Right, 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 right. I get that. Okay, fatherhood, six weeks deep. Congratulations, Mm -hmm. first and foremost. Six Um, months. Thank you, man. Six months. I'm sorry, six months. Congratulations. Um, My son, Mason, is turning two this Friday. So everything that you've said thus far, I felt it myself. I've experienced Uh it, even down to the being a machine. I feel like there was a part of me at some point where I was like, all right, I got to get this done. I have to provide. I have to do this. There was like this, mm-hmm. almost this pressure that came over me. It's mm-hmm. like, no one else put it on me. It didn't It didn't mm-hmm. really come from anywhere, but it was just like this internal pressure where I was like, oh, you're not doing enough. Oh, you mm-hmm. just got paid today? No, just not enough. It's like, oh, you're, right. you, you got a new book coming out? Okay, it's not enough. Start the next mm-hmm. You know, and there was like this pressure. And uh, for me, my, my valve was my men's group that I'm in where I, I went and talked to them because some of them have already had kids. Mm-hmm. And I was like, hey, anybody ever feel this? You know, because I'm feeling like I'm not doing anything with my life, which obviously is not true. Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering for you with that pressure that you feel right now and, and your wife saying you were feeling like a machine, you know, mm-hmm. where is that coming from? Is that coming from you? Is it coming from the family? Is it is it some of your origin story from your upbringing? Like, where is it coming from and what does it feel like for you? Whew, man. Yes to all the above, first of all. Um, I think my parents meant well and they did so many great things for me. And me standing on their shoulders, I have the privilege of looking at things in a different way. Um, you know, like because of my, my father's career, my parents, like financial management. Uh, I mean, even when I got expelled, I wasn't at risk of being on the streets 
or not finishing school, right? Um, but at the same time, that military upbringing, like you said, there is this never-ending pressure, like produce, 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 perform, perform, perform. When I went to the academy, you know, we had like Ivy League level classes, and then we had to perform in these sports teams with like a bunch of other folks who were like track team captains in high school. And then you have like military stuff. So, you know, college added to that, you know, and then I, I don't know about you, but being a father was also another moment where I had to look at my ego and push it aside because being a father almost feels like the ultimate test of manhood. Like it's, it's almost like revered and glamorized as being like, you're taking care of your kids, you put food on your table. You know, that's, that's a real man. You know, you got to take care of yourself and the whole family, like this 1950s relic, right? Um, so there was the internal pressure there. And there was the understanding that like, look, my wife had a difficult pregnancy, um, like health-wise, uh, you know, fighting for her. Um, fighting for a black woman and a black baby um, at these institutions is is a lot, and um, you know I, I love their bonds. And there's just still some things that I, of course, can't do biologically. You know, just it's it's not it is not part of my wheelhouse to do everything that a mother can do. And so for a while, and I'm still kind of getting out this now. I've been like, okay. I got to hustle harder. I got to make more money. You know, I got to like just up here with the diaper and know when it's time to change her and do all these things because I can't do what my wife does. Um, so yeah, all, all these different factors kind of led to me applying a lot of pressure. I would say too much pressure to myself um, numerous times since August. I want to add to that um, because like I said, I experienced it and what really what really brought me home and gave me closure was when you recognize that the baby has a different bond with mom um, because of nursing and, you know, skin to skin contact and the baby literally coming out of the womb for, you mm -hmm. know, after being there for nine, 10 months, it's like mm -hmm. there's this inadequacy that develops. And the only thing we can control is two things. How fit are we and how much money we make? And so, I started to realize that like, okay, this is okay to like have the desire to think you need to make more money, even though you were already making enough before, but to have mm -hmm. the desire to need more money or more fitness mm -hmm. is an okay desire because it just shows that you care, mm -hmm. you know? And I feel like with parenthood, at least, I don't know yet. My kid's only two, so I don't know. He hasn't become an adult yet. I, this is just what mm -hmm. I think in the moment. What I think is most is being being present in the moment and to mm -hmm. care at the level that you care at shows that you're present and it mm -hmm. shows that you're aware. So I just a hats off to you for that. And a hats off to you for being vulnerable enough to share that, that part of the, the journey. Cause I know it's Thank not you, easy, you know, when you're mm -hmm. in it because of the feelings of inadequacy is like, Oh, I'm not doing enough, but it's like, no, you actually are. If you if you were able mm -hmm. to just, uh, take a breath and come out of your body with that breath and you were able to observe your, yourself completely objectively, you'd be able to say, okay, he's doing enough. He is. Yeah, yeah. I, I really appreciate that, man. Thank you. And um, man, props to you too. I feel like two years feels like, you you know, you, you a veteran. Like you've, <laughs> you've been through a few more fires. Um, so so props to you as well. And um, 
I'll add too that when I got out of my own head about what I was not able to do, I was able to see more avenues and more lanes. You know, like it's like, okay, you know, you can't you can't breastfeed, you can't give her the comfort she wants from her mother, but you can be the active person. You know, I'm the diaper Don Dada. I am, you know, the stroller champion. You know, I will do all the things and um, you know, just get in where I fit in. Um, I and love that it. led to. Yeah, that led to us building our own special bond. Like sometimes she yells for dad now specifically, and I'm like, "Oh, you want to you want to chill with me? Okay, cool. We can we can." Isn't do that, that such a good that. feeling? You're like, "Oh, you yeah. need me now? Oh, okay. Uh-huh. You're calling my okay. number. Okay, I'm ready. Uh-huh. Okay, <laughs> I, I knew, I knew, I saw, I saw." <laughs> <laughs> I think for you having a girl too is like you're modeling her expectations of what a man is is going to be. Mm-hmm. When she reaches that point in her life where she's, you know, looking for uh, a male partner. And obviously mm-hmm. I'm speaking from, you know, heteronormative lens here. Um, but mm-hmm. um, that's something that is an honor to be able to say, like, I'm setting an example for my daughter for mm-hmm. her expectation. <laughs> yeah, like, You can't be bringing mm-hmm. home no bum. You see who I right, am? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> <laughs> I okay. think about that scene. Um, you seen that scene in, um, I think it was Bad Boys with uh, Martin Lawrence and Will Smith. They answer the door and the dates there. Like, who who are you? Like, just giving like the full rundown, you know? <laughs> yep, yep, yep. <laughs> Today's episode of the Free Your Energy podcast is brought to you by Organifi. I'm so grateful to be connected with this company. Not only do I use the products myself, but I love the mission. Right now, one of the things that I love in the afternoon is the red juice. The red juice, it it actually kind of tastes like Kool-Aid for those of us who grew up on Kool-Aid. I grew up on Kool-Aid, but Kool-Aid is literally just sugar and water. So we know that that's not good for you. But with the red juice, there's beets, there's pomegranate, raspberries, strawberry, cranberries, acai, blueberries, cordyceps, Siberian ginseng, reishi mushroom, rhodiola, Imagine how much it will cost to buy all of those things and then to dice them up and to blend them every single day to try to get those nutrients. You know, imagine doing that. I mean, you wouldn't because it would take so much effort. And that's why I love the red juice, because it's literally one scoop. Put it in eight to 10 ounces of water, shake it for 30 seconds and you're ready to go. And with these things, you're going to be getting, uh, you know, your vitamin K, your vitamin C, your vitamin E. Acai berries are very, very high in antioxidants, which brings electrolytes and trace minerals to you. Um, cranberries, for example, that's going to support your urinary tract health, digestive tract health, boost your immunity, and they have anti-inflammatory properties. So overall, getting that red juice in you in the middle of the day is really going to give you so much energy support. That's our goal here on the Free Your Energy podcast is to figure out How do we tap into our best energy, whether that's mental, physical, through nutrition, emotional, psychological? So, my friends, because you are a loyal listener of the Free Your Energy podcast, go to Organifi.com slash Sly, S-L-Y, and get 20% off everything on their website. All right, let's get back to the podcast. One of the things that you get to do with your writing is you get to write with some of the most like prolific companies out there. Mm-hmm. How did that begin for you? You know, how did you get to a point where you were writing 
for Complex, MTV, just some of the, like, talk to me about that part of your writing journey. Yeah, um, it's been really interesting and it almost feels happenstance um, because I have yet to really internalize how much work I've done, how much writing I've done, and how many folks um, my writing's been able to reach. Um, but I had initially launched my blog back in like 2012 with the goal of getting um, Complex had like the Complex Media Network, they still do, with, you know, two dope boys and a bunch of other bigger websites that talked about rap music and stuff. And so I started writing to, to get signed and to work with them. Um, I ended up getting the Complex Connect because of somebody I met, um, you know, through social media um, because of what I wrote in part. And then because of my willingness to, to build a relationship and kind of get to know some people, um, you know, and the same goes for, um, for MTV, a friend of a friend who also appreciated my writing ended up getting put in power at MTV and said, Hey, you know, I want you to, to come write for us in some kind of way. And, um, the extra step is that I had to get over my fear of rejection. And, um, you know, I had, I had my round of bad experiences writing freelance. Uh, you know, the pay be like 50 bucks for a thousand word article or, you know, you, you write this full thing, you get rejected. Uh, you know, I'd kind of get over all those things and start to think a bit more smartly about how to structure things in a way that makes sense for me, you know? So with MTV, for example, it's probably the best example of what I've done so far. Um, I did an interview series, a written interview series with them for a year. And um, it, it wasn't, you know, life-changing pay, um, but I worked with a great editor who made me a more confident writer. And I got to, um, you know, I interviewed a WNBA player. I interviewed people who I look up to. Um, I spoke to, you know, activists and all sorts of people. Um, and, you know, I learned from them while I was creating that content and building out um, that series. And so I think a big part of it too is just figuring out and sitting and saying, okay, you know, MTV News is focused on this. Here is my unique value add. And here is the repeatable series that I can start to build out um, that will give them what they want and give me what I want. So in a way, you got to kind of build that franchise out. It was like your idea to build it out for the year. Mm -hmm. What would you say is if someone's like hearing this and they're like, okay, because there is a lot of writers who listen to this. There's a lot of writers, a lot mm -hmm. of authors, a lot of people who, who write as a part of their, their business, whether they're writing copy or they're writing emails. What would you say is the most important skill uh, that you've learned as a writer or that you think writers should make sure that they're aware of? Mm, the most important skill, honestly, consistency. Um, consistency to me is the king of it all. Um, because when I don't write consistently, I feel like I apply more pressure to myself. Like I have to say the profound or the insightful, the great thing today. Um, but you don't tend to do that if you try to reach for the stars. It's more like you, you kind of build yourself a set of stairs. Um, you get more comfortable expressing yourself in certain ways. You know, you lay a brick. Um, you think about different topics and, you know, I read your work and I get more insight. 
I lay a brick, you know, and now I spend, I, I spend, I would say five out of seven nights per week, at least, you know, I'm spending 90 minutes or so up after everybody else went to sleep and, you know, I'm writing and I'm thinking of content that can speak to what I've experienced and what I think other people can experience. And those are all like little bricks that allow me to feel more confident, that allow me to get more expressive and find different ways and, you know, more concise ways to express myself. Like that's, that's all it is. You know, I look back, I don't know if you can relate to this. I look back at my old stuff and I'm like, man, I really published this. You know, like I put this out there publicly, and you know, I'm trying to get better at giving my old self grace, and I'm I'm like sixty six percent there. I'm two thirds of the way there, Um, but the only reason I've gotten better is because more often than not, I'm writing every day, and those incremental changes are everything. If you're going to judge yourself, it's better to judge yourself in the past than in the future, because when you judge yourself in the future, that's where you give yourself straight anxiety. But when mm-hmm. you look back on the past, it's like, oh, okay, yeah, he tried his best. I mean, that version of me sucked, but he tried. <laughs> you know, you, it, yeah. it's much lighter. It's, so I get it. Yeah. So I mean, if you take it a step further, you could even say that, you know, the past version of yourself you might not be a big fan of now, but without the past version, there's no present day version. Like you had to go through that, you know what I'm saying, to become who you are now. Exactly. Exactly. Without that past version of you, the loving version of you that you see now would not even be here. Mm-hmm. So when I go on your Twitter and your Instagram, you have a new writing up every time. <laughs> Walk me through. Now, this is a selfish question because I'm curious. I need to know for me, uh-huh. how do you produce so much so fast? Do you use like a batch method where you just write a whole lot and get everything like that? Or are you just doing it on the spot in the moment? Walk me through your creative process as far as you get a writing, you put it in content form, and you share it. How long does it take? Walk mm-hmm. me through that. So I try to think, I, I, if I'm like talking to you, for example, and um, you say something, I'm like, oh, I want to write about that in some kind of way. I'm writing it down in my iPhone notes automatically. My phone's always with me. I write it down and I save it for the night. Um, every really damn near every night. Um, I'm probably going to take a night off tonight just because I want to sleep some more. Um, But almost every night, um, you know, I'm sitting and, you know, I light my candles. I put on my lo-fi music or, you know. um, Yeah, you know, something to kind of get you in the space. Um, If I don't have the right environment, it's hard for me to write something that really feels like me. Um, And so I might meditate for 30 minutes getting my most comfortable bean bag with the, you know, the yoga pillow. And, um, you know, I spend an hour to 90 minutes. Phones on airplane mode. People are asleep. Um, just doing my best to, to write something. And um, that's what I've been doing for the past, I would say, you know, 18 months, 12 months, somewhere in there. Um, it's been It's been inspired by different things at different moments. Um, it started with me rediscovering, just rediscovering my voice um, after a period of just not having enough time to write. I left a job at an institution that didn't quite give me the freedom to say what I wanted to say. Um, so getting back in touch with myself, um, you know, then I realized that like, hey, this community that I'm building is like really growing, you know, so I, I doubled down. Um, I missed 
I missed fewer days. Um, I was on it even more. And then I was like, man, I'm about to have a kid. I don't know if this writing every night thing is going to work out anymore. <laughs> and so, you know, I was like tripling down, right? I'm, I'm locked in. I'm like, okay, I'm going to make the most of this. I know that the community that I've been able to build, it gets me opportunities. It gets me more leverage so I can, you know, make some more money for everything you got to buy when you have a little kid. Um, and then we had the kid and I'm like, you know, I'm still going to find a way to squeeze this in. One, because writing does a lot for me. Like it, it makes me feel like I've had a good day when I finish it and I get my words out, you know, I express myself. I, I think through things and I process. Like that's part of how I know that I'm meant to be a writer. Um, and it's like, you know, I, I continue to see more opportunities, just more great things that happen. Um, people are really kind and say that, you know, like, your writing plays a role in my life. Um, I get to meet people like you, right? Like we, we're not here if not for Meta and Instagram, you know. Um, I get to meet people who I have great conversations with, who inspire me more, you know. So kind of it, it becomes like this cycle that I couldn't see myself not being a part of. What are you most grateful for right now? Hmm. Man, I mean. My family, my wife, and my daughter, like over everything is them. What role has your wife played in your life and your transformation? It, it seems like there's something there that I haven't heard or haven't maybe seen in your writing. Has she mm -hmm. changed you? Has she saved your life, changed your life? Tell me more about Man. your wife and your relationship with her. So how much time you got for this one? Because I could go on for it. <laughs> we got time. <laughs> we got time. <laughs> um, nah, my wife, um, and I was just telling her this last night. Um, my wife never made me, never makes me feel like I have to like force her to believe in me. She's always believed in me. Um, and really did since the day we met. Um, and vice versa. Um but, you know, she she's a lot more well-versed in, you know, the corporate world, you know, with negotiations, with kind of charting your own course um, career-wise. So she has pushed me to become a lot more confident in myself. Um, something she said to me a lot when we first met is like, I, I don't think you see yourself the way other people see you. You know, like I had... I had built this audience. I'd started to write affirmations and kind of encourage people, but I was still deeply insecure and I'm still working through that now, but I feel like a very different person than I was 2017, 2018. And a big part of it is because the person I talk to the most is very confident in herself, um, is very confident in me, like wants the best for me. So she'll, she'll push me to take a break when she sees me like burning out you know, she'll push me to celebrate the little victories um, and to appreciate where I am um, while knowing that, like, you know, you can get the bigger bag, like you're good enough to do these things. Um, and so, you know, without her, there's a lot less audacity. There's a lot less confidence and um, just a lot less of me accepting myself in full, I would say. It's amazing who we become when we have a genuine cheerleader on our side. Like when someone mm -hmm. genuinely just believes in us, mm -hmm. it's amazing the 
the levels of confidence. Uh, I love how you said the audacity. Mm -hmm. Because it's like, it is audacity. It's like, who are you to step into your power? Who are, who are you to step mm -hmm. into your, your destiny like this? It's like, to do that, you need to have some audacity. Like, you do mm -hmm. know who I am? Like, right. I am. Do you know? Oh, you don't know? Okay. <laughs> I don't know either, but I'm about to have some audacity <laughs> and I'm about to find out. Right, that. right. I love that. Okay, so talk to me about your book. Keep it, keep it 100. Is that the book? I don't have it yet. Keep it 100. Um, I nah, need to get I don't it. Like I'm the book either, you know. We'll, we'll, we'll I'm about to order it right now. Yeah, I'm about to get yeah, it right that's, now. That's love. I appreciate that, man. So Keep It 100 is it's the first book that I ever wrote. And um, it is 100 affirmations with 100 words of additional context to just kind of, you know, make things a bit more conversational and give folks kind of the the backstory on the affirmation. Um, and it's also, I, I do my best to keep it rooted in authenticity. So Keep It 100 has three different meanings. Um, number of affirmations, words per affirmation, and then just the the focus on being authentic and not trying to sugarcoat things or make them seem like more than what they are. Um, I, I wrote it on a Google Doc. I didn't tell nobody I was writing it until I was almost done. And um, I was really scared that I wasn't going to finish the book. Like, I was just, I was in a low moment confidence-wise. And I just, I needed to find something that felt simple enough for me to take a small chunk out of every day and be able to finish. And so I told myself, you know, okay, 100 affirmations, um, 100 words per affirmation, you know, I can finish it in 100 days. You know, I do one affirmation per day. And so, of course, I finished it in a year because um, what's consistency? <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, I finished it about a year. Uh, I was fortunate enough um, by virtue of what I was sharing on social media, um, a publisher reached out and I ended up working with them, um, 13th and Joan, um, Black-owned, Atlanta-based publishing house to publish my first book. Wow. Mm-hmm. See, there's, there's a story there. That's the beautiful part about being an author is mm -hmm. that you recognize that most authors go through hell to get these books completed. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, it's not just like, oh, yeah, I had this idea for this great book and then it was done. Like, no, mm -hmm. there, was some hell, there was some hell involved in this. Like, mm -hmm. So I love hearing that and just like holding that space where we could just, you know, just jam. I just got your book. It's on the way. I get it. I get it tomorrow, actually. Man, I appreciate it, man. That's that's love. Um, shameless so plug. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. I'm I'm writing the next one now, so I'm gonna make sure I send you an advanced copy of the next one. <laughs> oh yeah, I need that. And when do you think that one will be finished? This year. I don't know okay. when, but this year. Okay, we'll have you back on. Have you come do a few readings when you come back on? Would love to love to get that book in my hands. So with That'd this one, I'm, I I just ordered. Keep it 100. What do you, what's the best way to go about it? Should I just read one every morning, like for the next hundred days? Or what do, what do you think is the best way to like digest a book? I think one every morning would be good. Um, one when you need a moment of levity, a moment of lightness. Um, I wrote this book, you know, I was five years younger, so the writing is different. It's a little more light. Um, it's kind of, there's like jokes thrown in too, you know, so just, just read it when you want. A little light, encouraging, and or humorous moment. Like it's like the, it's like your friend who's just trying to encourage you and will make you laugh, um, like whatever it takes, you know. So we need that. I would, I would take that approach. Yeah, for sure. 
that's a good that's a good segue to talk about friendship. Uh, obviously, friendship evolves through life mm-hmm. uh, at the different life stages we have. And I have, <clears throat> I don't know if it's a controversial opinion, but it's just my opinion. Um, oh, it doesn't cover everybody, obviously, but I mm-hmm. feel like collectively, I feel like we're a lot more lazy than we realize when it comes to our friendships uh, as mm-hmm. adults. And I feel like what's happening is we're a little too distracted and we're not using our boundaries the way we should. And I feel like we're very distracted. So I'm just curious about your friendships, your adult friendships. What are some of the things that is really important to you? And how do you maintain your adult friendships? How do you get out of that, you know, making sure you're not being lazy, making sure you're being mm-hmm. proactive about your friendships? Yeah, I think, I feel where you're coming from with saying that, you know, we can be lazy with friendships. I think my framework, and, you know, mind you, this is a, a, a new father, somewhat sleep-deprived God figuring things out. I feel like, like life does not give us enough time to really form and maintain like deep friendships more often than not. Um, I'm in a season where I just, I'm, I'm really appreciating every conversation, every moment we have to catch up like this, this, you know, I'm, I'm getting to know you through this conversation. I appreciate this too. Um, I am, focused on being able to show up for my friends, like when they need me, like, you know, you call me whenever, um, you know, and I'll hit you back as soon as I see it, I'll pick up if the phone's on me. Uh, you know, I would do my best to show up for you and to understand what friendship means to you. Right. Like I have, I have friends who I've, I've lost touch with because we just didn't have like the aligned, you know, understanding of what friendship felt like to us as individuals, mm. you know, like I'm, I'm for a number of reasons. I'm not the guy who can text you all day, every day. Um, you know, I can't reply to everything you send in the group chat, but if you're like, yo, I need you. As soon as I get a second, I might have Ada in my hands, you know, biting my finger off, but I'm calling. Um, and so I think the big thing now for like maintaining and cultivating friendships is like knowing knowing what your friends need, like keeping track of that, you know, paying attention to what they say, um, you know, and um, I would also add assuming, assuming good intent. Um, I think that, I think that we're, you know, we're in, I don't know what month or what year of this pandemic slash continuing crisis, you know, slash terrible Steven Spielberg movie that we're in. Um, But one I've seen the collective decline in people's empathy. Um, Mm. Like, I feel like it's tempting for all of us, myself included, to kind of fall into like this main character syndrome type deal where it's like, oh, well, you know, Mikael didn't call me back. He don't care about me. Nah, bro. Mikael was exhausted and stressed because he read about (laughs) climate change. Right. He's tired. Yeah, he got baby stuff on his hands. And, you know, maybe that meme you sent him just didn't quite get to him in time for him to see it that night. You know what I mean? Um, Mm -hmm. And I do the same thing. Like, so assuming good intent, um, assuming, you know, understanding that we're all like, just we're all carrying more than we're literally meant to carry. Um, And then you have like this social media era, like expectation 
of almost instant responsiveness, you know, like it wasn't that long ago when it's like, you know, I'll get back to you in a couple of days was like acceptable for communication with friends. And then it became within the day, within the hour. Now we got push notifications. So like, if you don't hit me back in 15 minutes, some of my friends, you know, they get excited. It's like, you know, you hit me back in 15. It's like, oh, you're busy. I'm gonna hit you back. It's like, no, nah, it's just, it's a Monday. I'm, I'm working. Um, you know what I mean? And so right. I am, I'm, I'm really thoughtful about what kind of responsiveness, what level of responsiveness I want to live up to and, you know, how to set my boundaries and be able to still get things done uh, while building fruitful relationships. Mm, I love everything you said, especially the invitation to more empathy, having more empathy for obviously you and your story, but then other people who are in your story and just bringing them a little Mm -hmm. more empathy and maybe easing off of the unspoken expectation that you may have on the friendship, you know, Mm -hmm. and engaging it more from an empathetic lens. Like, oh, it's all right. You didn't call me back, but I'm going to call you again because we need to talk. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, you know what I mean? Like just taking your ego out of it. I I, Mm -hmm. I love that. And, uh, you know, I'm curious as a prolific writer and you, you have earned that title. So please accept it. Like, Like you're the guy out here, you know, you're a great writer. So I'm just curious, do you have, um, and let me define great. I want to define great. I feel like it's easy for us in an era where there's an external validation standpoint of our creativity. You have, you have followers, you have a book with reviews, you have been published by these different websites. There's these things that kind of validate you as a writer. And so Mm -hmm. for us, we can say that's what makes you great. And -hmm. I hope you know that for me, I'm literally looking at the words and I'm looking at how they're put together. And I'm trying to look at what what you mean. And sometimes what you don't even mean by the piece, you know, Mm -hmm. and that's why I'm saying for me and my experience as a reader, that's why I'm saying is what you do is great. You know, just so you know, I wanted to delineate that and make sure you know, it's like, I don't care how many followers you got. I don't care how, Uh you know, I care about the quality of the words, where it's coming from. It's coming from a soulful place. You're a soulful writer. And I'm just curious, do you have favorite pieces like of your own work? Mm. One, um, thank you again. I'm still working on receiving compliments, but I I sincerely and really appreciate that. And it means a lot coming from you. Um, you are somebody whose words I read sometimes to to get inspired and to to learn more about, you know, how I want to show up as a writer. Um, but back to your question, can you repeat the question itself for me one more time? Yes. Do you have any favorite pieces that you love of your own writing? Mm. That is honestly tough for me because I'm the kind of person that I don't I don't look back on a lot of my old stuff too often. Um I think that um, I'm, I'm really a fan. I've been doing this new series where I just, I, I write about, I just call it Sending Love. And I try to, I try to not be prescriptive or to tell people, you know, how to think or what to do, but to just make them feel like heard and seen and understood. Like to help folks know that they have, um, more in common with people around them than they think. Um, and so, you know, an example, I'll, I'll read one that I wrote a while back. I just said, you know, sending love to everyone who wants to do better, but can't find the energy to make necessary changes. Sending love to everyone who wonders if their exhaustion is permanent. 
sending love to everyone who's tired of feeling stuck, you know? And um, I, I wrote that from an authentic place where, you know, can, I, can you read it one more time? Yeah, sure thing. Sending love to everyone who wants to do better, but can't find the energy to make the required changes. Sending love to everyone who wonders if their exhaustion is permanent. Sending love to everyone who's tired of feeling stuck. That's deep, bro. It's powerful. Thank you, man. I appreciate that. Um, and it, you know, it started, this all started with me. I, I think that it is healing for me as a writer to be able to express the nuances of what I go through and what I struggle with. Like, you know, like Jay said, you can't hear what you never reveal. And I'm just like, you know, if I can't even like, if I can't even talk about it, how am I going to work through it or, or express it or understand myself when I'm going through it, you know? Um, and so like things like this, they help me to realize that like, I'm not lazy because I haven't figured out um, what to do about this big problem in my life. Um, you know, like right now I'm in a place where I'm wrestling with not being able to even understand how to find the energy, you know, to be able to, to try to put effort towards figuring it out. You know, like I said, you know, we've been in a pandemic for multiple years. I haven't seen most of my very good friends, um, in six to 18 to 24 months. Um, this is not a, a normal space to be in. Um, and you know, I found that writing it is cathartic. Um, sharing it is cathartic. Just the thought of it helping somebody else and then seeing, you know, like I, I like two way interactions, being able to see and respond to folks who are like, Oh no, nah, this, this baby feel seen too. Um, and it starts to bring a lot of us into a space where we realize that, you know, we're, we're not as alone in these difficult and complex feelings as we think. Like there's people to our left and to our right who are also figuring similar things out.